All right. Welcome, everybody. Oh, no. I'm already frozen? Do I... I really gotta do this. Oh, boy. Okay, well... Listen to the music for just one second. I have to change the camera angle up. Surprise, Frank. Surprise. BRB. But resist, we much. Alright, how does this look? Gotcha. Hello, everybody. Hello. We're doing it from a different angle. Changing the positions up tonight. Now, I, um, I'm going to be getting off air tonight a little bit early, which is why I'm getting on extra early. It's about 6.45, depending on what clock you're watching. And uh, it's January 17th, 2023. I had a couple of different programming changes at the last minute here I want to talk I have to talk a little bit about what Steven Crowder just put out not too long ago I think it's really interesting because it, it pertains to the the industry I'm in the burgeoning industry of new media and I'd love to get a lot more of your opinions on it in whatever time we have I have that I have a fertility story that I want to get around to because I think it's really interesting and uh, and now I'm hoping that we have a t enough time but if I at least have time to read it, then I know it's, it'll elicit some response from the audience and then away we go. So, I, I, we got a little bit of that. I want to talk about some reparation stuff, things that are happening in San Francisco it, that just hit me and I, I just went on a roll. I got, some, I got some things I want to pull up and things I want to ask you. But it's Tuesday. I'm having a good day. Better day than yesterday. As far as uh, energy goes, changed up my diet yesterday. So I think it's going to be like another couple of days before I start feeling like I'm really in a groove. But um, I am liking it. I'm liking it today. Got a lot done, and I hope that you're enjoying yourself. Thank you to SecretNatureCBD.com for helping me calm down before this episode. SecretNatureCBD.com. Co promo code Frankly. I had another little bit. I had another Fuji pre-roll over here. Just relaxing and getting my thoughts in order. So I hope you go and enjoy them. All of our affiliates can be found on quitefrankly.tv on the affiliates page. On the affiliates page. So, uh, Stephen Jonathan's on tomorrow night. You're going to love that. Jay Gulinello on Thursday. You're going to love that. Marjorie Wildcraft on Friday. That'll be fantastic. And I have more things that are coming on soon, too. I, I, I can't wait to tell you. But I have to just calm down. Uh, Leo Zagami put out a new blog post on the Mafia Don who was just found. Really interesting angle he takes on the entire thing. I will read that tomorrow in the opening with you all. The opening before we bring on Stephen Jonathan and start talking about education during the apocalypse. And also the Cowboys beat Tom Brady and his pathetic Buccaneers last night. A rare playoff win for my Cowboys, but Skip is happy. I know that. That's the only thing that matters. 
Um, so I'm pulling. I'm pulling for Skip because I, I would be the pessimist that says that this is not going to work. So who knows? Next week. Next week, Cowboys in San Francisco. I don't. You know, it could happen. That'd be something else, huh? But. Daily Mail, we're going to be jumping around into some of the grab bag items right now, and I'm glad that you are all starting to trickle in. You're probably wondering, why the hell is this so early? Well, it doesn't matter how early it is. I just want to make up time so nobody feels cheated, because I like being on for as long as I can. I want to give you a quick update on Hunter Biden. Out of all the things that we talked about last night, especially the the dive into the Kanakoa thread, the one thing that needs to be walked back is the $50,000 per month in rent. Now, obviously, it looks like a, 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 it jumps off the page. It's not It's not $50,000 per month, though. It's not even for the Barley Mill address in Wilmington. This is what it's, it's coming out. It was for the exact amount of his quarterly w- rent for his previous office at House of Sweden. This is from Truth Ninjas. It's, trust me. There are better minds working on this, and it's a fact. Now, that doesn't, uh, why are we more inclined to believe something like that when it just pops out without further, without deeper examination? Because the whole story of the the family is money laundering and nonsense. So uh, if if this is one less thing off the, off the pile of hundreds of crimes across several categories, then that's fine. Just wanted to put it out there just in case anybody, um, you know, was keeping that in their mind as far as evidence sets when you're having conversations and with people who are like-minded or otherwise should know the whole thing. So that was $49,910. $49,910 is what Hunter paid for Suite 507 at House of Sweden. That was for an entire quarter. So you can do the math. Okay. Here's the Daily Mail. Where do we got? All right, here we go. Daily Mail. Prostitutes. Did you hear about this? Did you hear about all the hoes they got out there in Davos? Prostitutes gather in Davos for annual meeting of global elite where demand for sexual services... There's, There's frozen Frank. Where demand for sexual services skyrockets during the economic summit, because you know they deserve to, to to blow off a little steam. No, no, prostitutes report a huge, a surge in business during the annual gathering of leaders. Sex workers dress in business attire and rub shoulders with the global elite. I'm sure they're allowed in. Nobody else is. The global elite tackling the world's greatest problems, including gender inequality, at Davos Summit are fueling fueling a surge in prostitution in Swiss resort town, writes the Daily Mail. Demand for sex work skyrockets each year at the meeting of world leaders and business tycoons who jet in from all around the world to rub shoulders with each other. Escorts are booked into the same hotels as high-powered bosses and their employees during the five-day summit, which started in January 16th. One sex worker named Liana said she dresses in business attire so she doesn't stand out among the executives. Yeah, I don't know why. I mean, she's not the only prostitute in the room. They're all whores. Despite prostitution being legal in Switzerland, 
She told Build she regularly sees an American who visits Switzerland multiple times a year and is among the 2,700 conference attendees. Liana charges about $760 an hour, $2,500 for the whole night, plus travel expenses. Plus travel expenses. The manager of one escort service in Ar Argao, 100 miles away from the summit, says she has already received 11 bookings and 25 inquiries and expects many more to follow this week. Now, 100 miles away, what do you think, that is not the one, what do you think is going to be the mode of travel and transportation for most of those whores from 100 miles away? What do you think is going to happen? You think they're going to take the train? You think they're going to sit in a car? No. They're going to be flown. They're going to be flown. All right? Travel expenses. The Climate Change Brigade is flying their whores out to Davos. Sometimes as little as 100 miles away. You can bet your life on it. So... I, I just hope that some of these uh, any any of these elites out there are not are not insured by Geico because the chlamydia. Oh boy, the, can you imagine the insurance payouts because of the chlamydia over the next couple of weeks? My gosh, I don't even want to think about it. Not at all. Not at all. All right, here you go. This is from the New York Post, circling back around to the Martin Luther King um, statue because this this has taken a really interesting twist. Woke $10 million MLK penis statue insults black community, Coretta Scott King says. Or Coretta Scott King kin. So, she's saying this, uh, even some kin of Coretta Scott King hate the new $10 million sculpture that just dedicated to her and her iconic civil rights leader husband in Boston, with a cousin claiming it looks like a penis. The massive bronze piece entitled The Embrace measures two sets of arms holding each other an artistic interpretation of the classic photo of Coretta and Hubby, Martin Luther King Jr. hugging after he won the Nobel Peace Prize in 1964. But she says that it, it, uh, it casts an aspersion on the entire black community, which I say, well, I guess if you're so inclined, you can call this, this uh, a slight against all black people, which I... I think is a little melodramatic, but uh, but this is the, the real problem is that this is just art now. Where is it? There you go, <laughs> there you go. What the the? But resist. No, that's not it. We must. There, that's it. What the hell are we even looking at here? Don't even understand. This is just modern art. No matter what, this is just what art is. This is a bronzed version of every Super Bowl halftime show. This is a bronzed version of every award ceremony you ever saw in prime time for movies or music or whatever. This is what you have slap you in the face every time you go into a sculpture garden in the Northern Hemisphere. You need to drink brioche before you go to a modern art gallery. This is what it is. So, I mean, it's melodramatic, which is to be expected to say that this is a slap in the face to all black Americans. Like, no, no. Not all black Americans care. Number one, not all of them care. Uh, and this is just about what we should expect from artists these days. 
more often than not. I know that there are people who are out there who really want to tap into tradition and those really time-tested um, elements. But this is just that. That's just is it. That's the funny thing. That's the but that's the funny that's the funny thing. But the funnier thing is this. Now, last night I had a I had an, uh, a super chat that was sent to me by screen name in the chat room Rook Castle. And the super chat was something about Stu Peters commenting on Martin Luther, Martin Luther King's membership in a oral sex society. And I, I thought it was a joke. I thought he was messing with me, all that stuff. And then I got a follow-up email. I got a follow-up email, and it said the following. Well, Frank, you could not have asked for a more important question when seeing the horror of that statue revealed. And you asked, what does Martin Luther King and Cunnilingus have, to have in common? Well, surely you thought that you were making a joke, when in reality you were like a fortune teller again. And he sent me a link to Stu Peters, and it's from the archives.gov. It's from archives.gov. It is, uh, I guess, a page in the gigantic file that the FBI had on Martin Luther King. And here is the tweet. You're not going to believe this. According to FBI documents, Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. founded the International Association. Okay, you, uh, children, the children's got to go just for a second. I'm going to get a little profane. Going to get a little profane. Get him out of here. Just Uncle Frank needs you to get the hell out. Come back in a little bit. All right. Three, two, one. Great. According to FBI documents, the Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. founded International Association for the Advancement of Pussy Eaters. <laughs> I mean... Was anyone else hip to this news? Stu Peters asks. So, so you read the page here. Read, read the page here. Uh, King told her, she, I guess talking to somebody, uh, I guess it's a, uh, it's a testimony from someone that had been alone with King, um, said, told her, and we're talking about Martin Luther King Jr., not our King, not, uh, not King 40. Because he wouldn't, you wouldn't need the FBI to know what uh, what what clubs he's he's a part of. King told her that to perform such an act would help your soul. It would help you. So to allow, I guess, to allow somebody to go down on her, or I guess, King announced that he preferred to perform unnatural acts on women, and that he had started the International Association for Advancement of Pussy Eaters. Now, I don't know if that's just him saying, I started the club on pussy eating. You know, that could just be a, a something that you quip about when you're trying to, uh, when you're trying to peak interest. But perhaps the club exists. There are far worse clubs that exist. Um, but according to the FBI, it is, it is a, an unnatural, horrible thing. Las Vegas, Nevada Hotel was the scene of another King's sex orgies. During the e early morning hours of April 27, 1964, a white prostitute was engaged for a fee of $100 with King uh, by a woman uh, intermediary, so I guess a, a pimp, believed to be a lesbian, but they crossed that out. 
King and an, an associate indulged in repeated acts of sexual sexual intercourse with the prostitute in the presence of the woman and engaged the prostitute. And there you have it, unnatural acts they all engaged and participated in, and he might have been the brain... I mean, I, mean, I guess the... This might have been his brainchild, his international association. So I thought that... I, it looked like Cunnilingus the, from the angle that I saw the statue revealed and then all of a sudden this showed up and I said you gotta be kidding me and let me just say ultimately I don't care Ult again ultimately I, I don't care Martin Luther King Jr. had a lot of very flowery speeches but it all led to what big government forced integration uh, great society the great society welfare systems and, and, and this insanity this insanity right here San Francisco San Fran City panel urges reparations of $5 million per black adult. Shit like this is still being pushed all over the place. All over the place. This is what Martin Luther King's flowery speeches led us to. And, and let's just be honest, with all, with all the insanity of, of what government signed on for, <clears throat> the initiatives that they signed on for, one can argue that nothing has made it harder for black Americans to climb the socioeconomic ladder and improve their families' lot generationally than the very civil rights initiatives that were adopted by this government. And now we have to live with this insanity. In spectacular display of what happens when woke politics intersects utter financial illiteracy, a San Francisco Government Advisory Committee on Reparations has recommended the city pay eligible black residents age 18 years and older $5 million apiece. <clears throat> apiece. That's just a headline recommendation of the San Francisco African American Repar Reparations Advisory Committee, AARAC. Iraq, which was created by the city's board of supervisors amid 2020's national racial tumult. Oh, that's that was the biggest problem with 2020? Oh, I forgot. That was the part of 2020 where everybody could leave their house to 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 rob rob convenience stores while everybody else was being scared to death about about doing anything inside of their house without a mask on because they thought that a, a virus is going to kill them. That's right. Forgot about all that. Tish Collins, the vice chair of San Francisco's African-American Reparations Advisory Committee. There you go. There you go. You see that face? That's the face of, yeah, I went there because I'm a complete moron. Complete moron. And this person, I'm sorry to say, who looks very, very proud, very proud of herself, this person is a creation of the same moneyed interests who created Davos. In, in all due order for, for very certain uh, Machiavellian and, and, and Fabian reasons, and the same people who created the UN before that, the CFR before that, the League of Nations before that, created, the, they created and trained the Bolsheviks, which went out there and murdered tens of millions of people and destroyed Russia, sent them into a century of darkness, and then there was Hollywood. There's Hollywood and there's music like we just discussed with Zagami on, on Friday night. In fact, take a look at this. Here's from The Verge. HBO Max said that they were going to be bringing up uh, their, their, their streaming prices here. But I love how they 
they admitted something so, I mean, they're just so nonchalant about it now. HBO Max is the next streaming service to get a price increase. They're going to $15.99 a month. This price increase of $1 will allow us to continue to invest in providing even more culture-defining program and improving our customer experience for all users. Culture-defining programs. They believe it is their job to define, redefine, and shape the culture by creating people like this. By Tishk, Tanish Hollins. So when, when you know where this person's vibe and where her swagger comes from, it makes her look so pitiful. It makes people like her so pitiful. Just some local rabble rouser who carries water for rich, Luciferian white people. The same ones who created the NAACP in the first place, mind you. NAACP is how they disguised the Bolshevik plot here in America they wrapped it in a cloak of race warfare, whereas in Russia, it was class warfare. So that's what they did. But, but yeah, she went there. $5 million each should do it. $5 million each should do it. We spend trillions of dollars. We have spent trillions of dollars, and we have the receipts, creating generations of people who only know how to ask for more. That, that's all we have. That's all we have. Hasn't, hasn't, really, hasn't really kicked back with anything worthwhile of note that I can come up with off the top of my head because um, this is this is tedious and again like I said last night in the opening when we were talking about digital dollars and all that stuff I said in last night's opening do you think a person the average person but especially a person like Tanish Collins over here in San Francisco who wants to give who wants to give a million five million dollars per person out of, uh, she says, the, the, the group said that this measure will get blacks out of an inescapable cycle of debt so they can build wealth. No, no, that's not, that's not how. Building wealth is all about mindset and is all about vision and is about work ethic. But you see, all of that stuff was put up at the Smithsonian at the, the, the Black History Museum or something. You remember a couple of years ago, we were talking about what defined whiteness as a culture that needs to be rejected and all of the things in there that uh, these, these types of these uh, woke social justice warriors have been telling children, all the things that they need to avoid because it would be defined as whiteness are things that would actually make you wealthy and make you a stable person different types of family values, having an entire family together, work ethic, uh, being on time, all that. So they say all those things are just constructs of a white society. All the things that make you successful. That's just incredible. It's incredible. So give us $5 million and we'll build wealth. No, you won't. That's a $5 million allowance. You're going to fucking blow it. You're just going to fucking blow it. It's so ridiculous so ridiculous um but there's uh but like i said last night this is the mindset people said when we were reading that uh wall street journal or whatever it was about digital dollars currency is coming and people are not going to be able to really they're they're gonna have a hard time grasping it said hard time grasping it do you think that someone like tanish collins is was ever going to understand the ins and outs of digital currency when this is what they demand of the fake paper that we have now, the fake paper system? 
No, like I said last night, nobody even understands fiat, where money comes from right now, and the ridiculousness and the dangerous road that we're on right now, how it ties in with inflation, how, how you can never build a, an inescapable cycle of debt, we can build wealth. We're going into hyperinflation. They want everybody to get $5 million a piece, and they think they're going to be, a, oh my gosh, that, that's how you get a million dollars for a loaf of bread. Then all of a sudden, that $5 million is 5 bucks. Anyway, anyway, this is just, this is the curse of living with the stupid. It's more so for the people around the stupid who, um, yeah, the stupid don't understand that they're stupid. It's almost like the dead. They say, well, the dead don't know that they're dead. You know, it's the living that hurt when they're gone. The same thing happens with stupid people. They just, they don't know that they're, they think that they're just fucking, I'm here and it's time to change. No. It's over. It's all over. But, all right, that's all I have for you right now. We're going to open up the show and get into a few other things. I want to talk about this Steven Crowder thing. I'm going to play a couple of clips for you, and then we'll get into um, the fertility story and, and see what you guys and gals are thinking. We'll be on We'll be on air for another hour. That's why I went live a little bit earlier. But we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Thank you so very much. But resist, we much. We must and we will much about that be committed. You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride! Okay, so Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen Welcome, the pre-show is over And now here it is This is quite frankly broadcasting live from the docks Of the old parachute factory Here in New York And syndicated around the globe Via you You Nobody else Nobody else. It's the people that take the show and they share it with friends. They retweet it. They put it on out there. That's how I'm syndicated. Building friendships and doing it independently. And thank God for that. Because there's a lot There's a lot I'd like to talk about tonight. And Steven Crowder just has created a way that we can talk about it. Take some calls for you on that. And then we'll get into this fertility story that I've been wanting to talk about for a few days now. But, um... You can send in some super chats to quitefranklysuperchat.com. The Rumble rants are there. You have the gold pills on quitefrankly.tv. And I just would like to welcome you aboard tonight. 
I would. And th- and, and and again, Rumble and YouTube, if you're watching there, you can watch on seven, seven places, several places right now. But if you're watching on YouTube and Rumble, please just hit the like button as if you're turning on a light when you go into a room. You know how you walk into a room, you turn on a light? That's what it should be like when you get to, quite frankly, every night at 7 o'clock or even after the fact. Hit play, hit like. Thank you for helping us grow the show. It's working in big ways. All of a sudden, we gain like 300 new subscribers on YouTube. Is it possible before we are finally completely taken down that we can hit 100,000 subscribers? We're not that far away. Let's just see what we can do. The hell with it. Kicking and screaming. All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I already told you about that. And I was going to ask the question, did the deep state turn on Joe Biden? And I don't really give a shit, to be honest. You can come in, call in with your, your, your theories about what's going on with this as it gets harder and harder for him to avoid what's going on with the, the evidence of his dirty dealings. But I would, in, in fact, still would like to get in touch with... Um, who did I want to get in touch with? I forget. But instead, I would like to do this now with Steven Crowder. Now, he went and put up a half-hour-long video talking about... What is the title of the video? It's time to stop. The description of the video says, Conservative media giants are no better than big tech. The people you thought were fighting for you have been putting quick profits and the appeasement of their tech overlords ahead of any real conservative values. I can't continue if this does. Uh, it's time that we put a stop to the big con. So I'm saying to myself, very interesting. Um, I have my own thoughts on things like that. I've been doing this, you know, it, it's one thing to be doing a show as successfully as someone as Steven Crowder. But um, so if you want to talk about measure of, of success, audience size and income, whatever, but to have out, been out there actually doing it longer than pretty much ev- almost everybody. I've been out there longer dabbling with new technologies that were not... I, I, you know, you remember that... You, you don't remember this, obviously, but I remember in 2007 when everybody just started life casting. There was one time when we said, okay, well, we, we found out this life casting thing, but we don't know how to get all of our, our uh, finished audio through through all of these uh, these video streams that were happening all over the place. They're starting to pop up on Justin TV, which eventually became Twitch, and Ustream.tv, which is where we settled in from 2007 until 2015. That's when, you know, I really started doing... I switched over to YouTube. But um, but there was one time that we, we weren't even able to sync up our audio and our video where we had an audio stream live on live365.com that people would show up to zadalza.net and, and hit play there. And then they could also hit play on these video feeds that were in my bedroom and Anthony's bedroom next door. And Mike was in there and we're doing our show. And so people can kind of see and watch us at the same time. But it was... It was, you're listening to two different streams, and obviously there's delay, and it looks a little weird, but these are the things that we wanted to do to make the, the vision right. And then the internet just started providing you with finished products on the, on the consumer end that just take a, a webcam stream and doll it up whatever, whatever way you want. It got a lot easier. Then you can just start concentrating on marketing a little bit more. So yeah, I've been around to see a lot of things. 
And to also see the rise of corporate new media, I cannot, I can't doubt. I have to say that everything he's talking about right here, which I'm going to show you a little bit of, I have to imagine it's the Daily Wire. Because he's already been with the Blaze. He's already been with the Blaze, and that was CRTV before that. Then they bought out the Blaze, and they actually took on the name and the logo. And he talks about that in the beginning of this, how it was just a, you know, a difference of approach. What that approach is, I don't know. I think it might tune into the whole thing because, you know, the, the Mark Levins of the world, I listen to them for very specific things when they're talking about legal proceedings because they're lawyers and all that shit. But for the most part, they're they're big, big government guys. You know, when you and they're they're interventionists. Uh, around the world, big time stuff like that. They, they're they are all for globalism in one way or another. They, they're not they're not as pure as you think. So I never really go all in on one 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 person. And um, and then there's other groups that get bigger and bigger over time. And and then you you, you just kind of watch what happens to them internally and externally. And I'm just so happy that I've just that there's a lot of us out there just remain independent. Just just do your own thing. Make friends out there. Yeah, appear on other people's shows. Have them on yours. Have hard conversations. It doesn't always have to be pretty or comfortable. But there is definitely new big bullies inside of what was a, a, a big need. In the beginning of this, and I'm going to play you some clips, and then we can listen to a little bit, to, a little bit together that I haven't heard before. But Steven Crowder talks about how when he was first coming up, he was being told, no, you got to let go of all those ideas of targeting younger generations, getting out onto the college campuses, doing all of his skits and his bits that actually made him famous and stuff. The man on the street stuff. His show came afterwards, I believe. But um, don't even think about those those people and, and those demographics because that's, just, that's a losing cause. And if you want to tap into conservative audiences, you have to make this for people over 55, which I think is just like, that's horrible. That's horrible. Not to say that, I, and, and that's obviously not to say that I don't, uh, I am not blessed by the, the 55 and olders that watch this show. I mean, that just, I think that's a testament of their youthfulness. You know, the youthful the, the the youth that they have kept alive for for all their lives and and into you know middle age and and uh, and approaching retirement and all that. I think that's a testament to them. But as we always say, you know, the left to to Crowder's credit for having that that mindset, the left is not going. They only show up to the uh, to the nursing homes when they need to forge Granny's signature on uh, on a ballot. They only show up there when they have to ballot harvest. They don't give a shit. They're, they're sending they're sending their drag queen tap dancers into pre-K, not into retirement homes. Why are you giving up the younger generations? Why are you seeding all of that? And I see, and there, there's a lot of tiptoeing. There's a lot of eggshell walking in places like the Daily Wire, though they've done a lot of great things that I love, and I still really, really respect people like Michael Knowles, and I've always wanted to have Andrew Clavin on this show. But the other one, the uh, Ben, he's definitely one that got old for me very quick, very quickly. Um, anyway, Crowder is talking about a contract. He said he's had quite a few contracts thrown his way since he went his separate ways from the Blaze. 
and how the contracts are so you know slave ass in their in their respect i want to play a little bit of what he says here uh first there is this uh anomaly pass this this clip around it's a minute and 20 seconds long i think we should do this one first listen to this but for the first time i have to say that i believe many of those in charge in the right-leaning media are actually at odds with what's best for you, the viewer, the customer, uh, and more importantly, the country. We here at Mug Club, we thought that we were all in this together, that we were fighting the, the, the media, entertainment, industrial complex. Um, we thought that we were all genuinely taking it to big tech. But too many of those in charge of the big conservative platforms um, are verifiably in bed with them. Big tech is in bed with big con. The people you thought, the people I thought were fighting for you, a lot of it has been a big con. Now, I'm specifically avoiding naming names or going after individuals uh, in this video. Because Which I said, well, also. Because I genuinely hope that those I'm addressing, and you know who you are, have a change of heart. They're not going to. Well, I, I'm saying they, they won't. There's too much money in this. That's why I say if, if this has really built up, if you, have been, if you have been exposed to something this big, that you're going to make this video at all, I wish you'd just come out there and, and say what the hell you just came across and let them, ex let them explain themselves. That'd be interesting. It's, it's never too late to do the right thing. Guys, this is a genuine plea. We can all do better. We can all do better. It doesn't have to be this way. And please, don't make me have to provide receipts. Provide the receipts, my friend. Do it. Do it. That's what I say. But here's a little bit more. He, he, he actually pulls up a little bit of one contract. He, he redacted a lot of things. But he's talking about some of the contracts that go his way. Now, I'm, I, when it comes to contracts... Well, let's just listen to a little bit. I was in a period to field offers from other people, other key players in this movement. They flooded in. Now, before you guess who it is, before you start trying to do some, some, some Sherlock Holmes work, um, there are far more people beneath the tip of the iceberg than you know about who are trying to get into this space. There are more than you would probably assume. So I went into free agency. Uh, I looked over the offers. And I saw the clause come out. And I don't just mean unreasonable demands for control, but what, what I would argue are immoral terms that actually punish conservative content creators on behalf of big tech. And that's something that I, I just couldn't unsee. And, and I want to let you, it's not the exception. It's the rule. Kids, kids out there coming up. We need to build a bench here in this movement. It's almost impossible. Don't sign, don't sign these contracts. I, know, I now know what you are signing out there. I have the luxury of not having to. I don't have to be here. I don't have to say this. Please, don't sign this. Certainly not without professional legal counsel representation. Do not sign something that includes, you know, let me go through this. Effectively, uh, full ownership of all your social media uh, platforms, channels, in perpetuity, the rights to your content name, image, likeness, um, even the ones that you've built. Don't sign contracts out there that include multi-million dollar penalties 
for different, let, let me read you an example of what I mean. Um, and this would be if it was me. If Crowder fails to deliver a monthly content uh, in any month or any of the quarterly content in the corner, including any and all ad reads, and by the way, all these contracts came with three, four, five ad reads per show, which would fundamentally change what this show is. Gotta get those dollar dollar bills. If I failed to do that, there would be a $250,000 reduction in fee per quarter. If, let's say, uh, we did do everything per quarter, but annually maybe missed something, like let's say we went and did a change my mind instead of a daily show, which of course requires a lot more work, there'd be a separate $1 million penalty for that if you miss a single piece of content. You know, there was a time where I, I wanted to be, I wanted to have, um, I, for, for me and Anthony and Mike, I was working, and I had some contacts, I still do, but no longer have the interest in whatever, and obviously things that are going on over here with me and Anthony and Mike as a as a, a set of hosts for one particular show, that isn't the way it is anymore. We get together to have some fun, but this has taken precedence, and they're doing their own things over here at the studio. Um, Sirius XM, man, that was the dream. That was the dream. It was the launching point. Everything that we were doing at our own studio on the internet, that was a launching point. We thought we we get this, we build a little bit of credit, and then we we sign a deal with like a Sirius or we we want to get on satellite. Oh. Has have those days been far, 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 far behind us now? Why the hell? Why would you want to? Why would you? Why would you send, sign a deal? You know, it, it's what was I talking about? I, I might have been with uh, with Toby Wright when I asked him about all the changes that he's seen in the music industry, which obviously he has rolled with very nicely. But one of those biggest changes is how we record labels are obsolete. They are obsolete. Now, the big record labels, whichever ones are are still there, they still, I mean, they're, they're good for, they're good for tour booking, getting you in big places. They have great PR, all that stuff. So, and, and of course, they have distribution. They're able to take care of distribution for, for your, your record. But as far as producing a great sounding record or one that is at least good enough to take off and go viral and start charting without anybody having to come in and, and any kind of outside produ production help or anything like that, that's already happened. We're, we, we're already into that new field by 10, 15 years. When, when we were in high school, we wanted to get signed to a record label. At, at one point, it didn't matter what the record label was, we just wanted to be able to say, yeah, yeah, we got signed. You know, shout out to our label, as long as we can do it never happened and thankfully thankfully so because who i mean who knows i mean i guess there's some situations that would have been a good one uh good experience but you think of how that changed so quickly afterwards same thing with the sirius xm same thing with this now you have now we're, we're it's being shown that we are able to hit so many more people and say things in ways that they cannot control now, here's the really big issue, though. People who are doing new media, especially if they're talking about news and culture and, and all that stuff, they just need to be able to learn to walk the tightrope better. All right? Now, sometimes it doesn't matter how well you, you walk the tightrope. It's the fact that you're being effective and they just want you out of there. But there is there are other reasons why a bigger network would want to 
keep your baser instincts at bay, and that's because they don't want to be fighting legal battles for slander and libel and all that other stuff constantly. I understand that. You have to learn how to how to use how to put forth an opinion, use the word allegedly, in my opinion, all of that. So there's certain protections you have to learn there too if you're going to be an army of one. And uh, but but all this ownership, the ownership is big. The ownership over people is big. And if you didn't think that that was going to happen in conservative circles, my God, the whole pro- the whole point is here. What I think uh, Crowder is getting to is that they're not actually conservative people. That they're all working, they're working in tandem with that same poisonous big tech arena to keep us in proper orbit through the illusion of there being some kind of counterbalance and at the same time not really uh moving the needle in any considerable way because you are you're making content for only the cigar and whiskey retiree uh groups who uh you know show up to dinner in a bow tie show up to dinner in their house on a Wednesday night in a bow tie. You know, the Gilmore Girls conservatives. That's, uh, that's, that, that's what, I, what I'm feeling a lot of. It's very stuffy crowd, absolutely. Crowds that probably would not want to deal with me or, uh, or, 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 I don't know, be seen in the same room. But I understand ownership is all... It's all about it. Now, as far as control over the narrative and where you can or cannot go, I give credit to Crowder for doing a lot of really ballsy things on the street, especially when it comes to um, gender, when it comes to reparations, when it comes to a a few other really big topics. He does not hold back. He's a pretty good debater. He's a pretty good listener, and he's pretty good in not when you're not even doing debate, just dialogue. I think the dialoguing has been pretty interesting over the years. Uh, a, a lot of other people don't do that. I don't know what he what he stays away from when it comes to elections, election integrity, election theft. I, I wonder where he goes with that. But you know the other places, like the Daily Wire, they won't touch things like that. That's why I just think it's the Daily Wire, because who else could it be? And I would expect it out of them. Something tells me, though I like individuals there. Something tells me. All right, so you can uh, you can let me know what you think. We'll go a couple. Let's go. You know, it's a uh, seven thirty here. Let's just go a couple more seconds. And the amount of content required is not in line with. Frankly, it's worse than Disney. It's worse than ABC. It's worse than NBC. It's worse than CBS. This is ownership of you and everything that you do. But here's just to drive it home. Don't sign something that has another one hundred thousand dollar daily penalty if it's not signed off on beforehand. You get a sit. You get hit by a car, you have a sick day, you can lose $100,000 a day. Hey, anyone wonder why there's burnout in this? Anyone wonder why you have kids come up and they leave and never come back? You think if you had that kind of a penalty, you think if someone said, hey, we're going to penalize you $10,000 every day you miss coming into work, you think you'd be stressed? Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, <laughs> I, I am a hard enough boss for myself. The stress I put on myself is incredible. But I would, it would be wrong. It would be a very, very bad, combative, horrible situation if I ever had somebody above me. And so I would say, hey, Frank, would you ever be, uh, would you ever take on a, a, a network offer? No. No. My demands for the network or anything that came to me 
and wanting to syndicate, quite frankly, my demands would, would, would be too, which would be too much for them because they would do, they would, they would be nothing. Say, okay, uh, maybe we take two commercial breaks and you can sell whatever ads, give me a, a split, but no creative control. I'm doing all my engineering, all my own production. You have no creative control. You cannot censor a damn thing I say. Who the hell would sign on for that? Nobody would. So it's, uh, I'm fine with it. I'm totally fine. And that's why I, I always just say, whenever you find independent media that you like, independent media that you like, embrace it, support it, and, and don't look back because we are through the threshold now. We are through the threshold now. At one time, not too far off in the, uh, the, the not-so-distant past, we were knocking on the door, knocking on the door, but now we have kicked the door down, we've walked on through, and we've got more. We are, we've got more than they could, they could produce into, into existence. And they want it. They want to buy it. So hold out, ladies and gents. Hold out. Don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. All right. So here's the next thing I wanted to I wanted to do. It's a seven minute read. I want to get through it and then I want to open up the calls, get you guys and gals calling in and just talk to me for the rest of the evening because I'm getting off around eight fifteen. It's already seven thirty six. And this is what I wanted to do. It's about a comedian who now wants here's the headline. Meet the donor conceived comedian who wants everyone to know how corrupt and unethical big fertility is. Now, when I was, I started a show thread very late in the day. I didn't know if it was going to get any responses. It got one response and a few others on Twitter and elsewhere where I posted it. But the show thread was this, and you'll, you'll see, uh, fertility clinic stories, the good, the bad, and the scary. So please tell us stories pertaining to fertility clinics. Uh, they're, they're, they're always life-changing for one reason or another. Success stories, last-ditch effort miracles, but we also read about unaccountable practices, donors who lie, doctors who impregnate their patients, etc. Have you any stories related to fertility clinics that you can share or just thoughts or, and opinions in general? And I would like for you guys and gals to think about that while I'm reading this. And for those of you who are listening on demand, never hesitate to email me so that we can do follow-up shows on this, and there's always time during the week. So um, here it is. Here we go. Where do we go? Oh, there it is. All right. So here's here's the opening. Growing up, Laura High always felt she was different. It wasn't until she was 14 years old when her father disclosed that she was conceived using purchased sperm, that her suspicions she was born an outlier were confirmed. It was like seeing the matrix. It was like everything making sense. I knew something was weird. I knew something was off. I was always wondering if I was switched at birth, High told the Federalist. And that's a common experience for a lot of donor conceived people. Hi didn't pay much attention to the details of her conception when she first learned the news, but it wasn't long before the New York City-based stand-up comedian wanted to review her heritage in depth. At 19, she says, 
I started having questions because I started talking to my friends about it. And I think one of my friends even brought up, are you ever worried about health? That led high on a long journey of discovery that didn't just pique her interest, but ultimately led to a peak in her comedy career. When High was 19, she decided she wanted to know more about her biological father and his health profile. Her first step was to reach out to the doctor who facilitated the procedure for her parents decades ago. He told me, your donor was anonymous, so even if I knew who he was, I couldn't tell you who he was. But I don't even know who it is because he came from a clinic, and that clinic burned to the ground along with all of your papers, so I can't even tell you your history. But I can tell you your donor is completely healthy. High recounted. I don't know how you can tell us that. The doctor's lack of interest in helping her uncover her familial roots left High wondering if she was the victim of malicious DNA swap similar to the one featured in the fertility fraud documentary Our Father, whereby a fertility doctor habitually used his own sperm instead of other donors to father some 94 and counting offspring. That's more than the Manson family. Raising a slew of ethical and potential inbreeding problems by her parents' doctor. Determined to figure things out for herself, High used an ancestry DNA to determine her genetic background. That's when she stumbled across the cousin of her biological father. Eventually, High connected with her half-siblings, who were also conceived using bought biological matter. What? Didn't get this far. To her amazement, High and her half-siblings all realized they struggled with similar genetic medical issues that they, uh, that they strongly suspect were inherited from their biological father without records, verification from their biological father, or aid from the same industry that facilitated their conception. However, there was no way to prove it. That was frustrating for High, and it signaled that this industry, which masquerades as a way for adults who dream of becoming parents to make that a reality, was a nightmare for many. Now, this is the other, that is that is, that is one thing I want to be able to get context on because I, I somebody in the Twitter comments had said, you know, general thoughts about it, and they said, well, it's it's turning babies into commodities, and I can't bring myself to get that go that far with it as far as fertility clinics, artificial insemination, whatever, there are a lot of people who try for most of their lives with their, their husband and, or wife, and they, they try and they try, and all they want to do is have a baby. And while they're, they're, they're still able to try some things to do it with their sperm, their egg, the, you know, their bodies, they, they just want that so bad, I don't I don't think I cannot cast I cannot project the the intent of you know just wanting to buy a baby for it as a commodity or a fashion statement onto people who generally genuinely want to have a, a family so when it gets to genetics and fertility obviously it is there are offshoots of this topic and this industry that are going to very dark places, and obviously, uh, not all uh, not all that is glitters glitters is gold, and there must have been a much more of a nightmare culture to the industry that we did not know about. But again, nothing is helped by broad strokes. I don't think that this is just for people who are are into you know uh, designer babies and things like that, and. Um, 
And yeah, so here you go. To her amazement, she found all of her half-siblings. The industry is driven by profit. It's driven by how much money can we make. The infertility industry should be the place of miracles. It should be the place of happiness. It should be. But it's the place of medical rape and kids getting sick and exploited and eugenics. That's what it is right now. High explained. I said, whoa. Assisted reproduction is a touchy subject not everyone wants to discuss, but High isn't afraid of tough conversations, especially when it comes to how she was created. Quote, you had an industry and a donor profit off of my creation. I was bought and sold as a product, and my parents were actively lied to, and then I was actively lied to. All the industry, all the industry cared about is the product getting made. Humor... High said, is just another way for her to expose the corruption that plagues the baby-making industry and connect with others like her. I've watched how powerful laughter and humor are for spreading messages and for people getting to listen to it. High explained, people will listen to you if you make them laugh, so that is a big piece that has influenced my stand-up, is if you want to say something important, wrap it up in a joke. More than 559,600 followers on TikTok and another 27,000 plus on Instagram later. High has a bipartisan audience that's willing to listen to her seemingly radical true statements about the fertility industry. Donors' conception as it is today is legalized eugenics. That's what she says. Whether on social media or stand-up, Hyde desperately wants Americans to understand that the multi-billion dollar industry that manufactures millions of babies each year is riddled with unethical practices. Quote, I think it only takes a few horror stories to really show society the fine print and for them to realize, holy shit, how bad it is. Because then, also, recipient parents are looking at the bill that they paid and then they realize they paid thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars for literally nothing, for no guarantees whatsoever. There may be some redeeming qualities to assisted reproduction, High said, but the fertility industry itself is corrupt to the core. It's not to say that there aren't good people in this industry, I'm sure there are, but the industry allows for bad people to flourish. If you're somebody, if you're somebody with those loose ethics, here's an industry where you can literally play God and there's no consequences. Well, yeah, there there was other, uh, you know, uh, there was other doctors that did that same kind of scheme of using their own sperm to impregnate, I don't know, dozens of people. And because there were certain state laws that did not, you know, didn't say where the sperm would come from or anything like that, some some of those doctors that were just impregnating people, people's wives... Um, and then you have to raise that child. What, what, what a struggle that must be. What a struggle that must be, knowing the origin story and the deception in that. Um, but that certain state laws allow, allow those loopholes for people to do it without consequence. They, have, they, they walk, ultimately. Uh, but reigning in an unregulated industry, this is where she goes from there. The whole basis was, I just want to find my family, but it's turned now into me fighting for legislation. Thanks to her platform, High was able to team up with others conceived by and concerned with the fertility industry to get fertility fraud and other legislation passed on both the state and federal levels. Well, state levels. There's, you have to amend the Constitution. You'd have to get a constitutional amendment first, Miss High, 
Uh, we are literal walking pieces of evidence, and we talk and we can prove with our very blood how the infertility industry lied. So top legislative priorities reigning is for reigning in big fertility. High maintains should be making it a federal crime for a doctor to switch out a donor's sperm with his own and ensuring the verification of uh, gametes, donors, medical history. So the, the owners of this, you know, their whole medical history. I don't know how you do that on a federal level. Uh, of course, you can just pass it and pretend like we do everything else with this in this uh in this country we can always just do that but i want to i want to see what you guys and gals think now it would be great to get your thoughts on this or get your thoughts on new media whatever crowder was saying reparations in the beginning i'm going to go and take a really quick intermission break when i come back we'll get to your super chats calls and that's how we will close out the last 25 minutes or so i hope that you're having a good time it's a short one, but it's short and sweet, and we will be right back. Welcome to Intermission. We'll, we'll be right back. Yeah, Intermission. Yeah, intermission. Quite frankly. 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 Quite so everybody watch, quite frankly, with Frank. Quite frankly. How dare you? We are taking some calls and some super chats, 914-595-6953. 914-595-6953. I would love for you to call in, 914-595-6953, or you can jump into the Discord live. You can just jump into the, the main, tonight's main topic room, or anything else. Just make yourself... Seen and heard, call on in, 914-595-6953. So here's a, uh, here is a response from Ranger L. 
And Ranger L says, I think that they're frequently taking advantage of people. That is fertility clinics. I think they're frequently taking advantage of people. They milk people for lots of money and pump them full of drugs for the hope of having children. There was a lot of evidence that medicines and food additives were causing the fertility problems. Now they push the shot, which was causing further fertility problems. It will be insanely expensive, and because so many will need and want fertility help, it will soon be rationed, requiring a government permit to approval from some panel that decides if you are worthy, probably needing a good social credit score. They already ration organ transplants much like this. You know, that is f***ing scary to even conceive of that, especially since you saw how they were rationing um, certain COVID drugs. You remember that? I was like, I, I, no, I, I didn't want anything that they were selling, but that did not stop them from having open conversations about how these certain drugs that are coming right off the assembly line needed to be prioritized for black people and brown people first because of disparities in income and 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 healthcare inequality and all this other stuff it, when we saw that i said oh my god oh my god they create the need the artificial need for something that they only have they only have to distribute and in limited qualities and then they anoint themselves God once again just like with everything well else with healthcare they said it's Obamacare does not create the impetus for death panels that is ridiculous oh oh it doesn't that's exactly what you're doing you're deciding who gets what care based on how viable their life is and their working situation is and then those same architects of, of Obamacare came out uh, a, a couple of we years into this this like insolvent from the beginning program saying that after 75 you, there's no real reason to live because you, you're no longer contributing society i didn't know that contributing to society i guess is that social contract again where you have to be breaking your back for the common good and then once you can't break your back anymore you gotta go because we can't take care of you society that you help build can't take care of you for you know so it all goes into that because it's one thing after another it is one thing after another. And then they create these crises and they create these other environmental situations with uh, radio frequency, with the overprocessed foods, with what's going on in our drinking water, with all the medicines we already take, OTC and otherwise. And they're wondering, everybody wonders, aside from our ideological problems in society with feminism and environmentalism and everything else that is driving people to not have children anymore, you know, it's, it, a lot of it is a political choice not to have children. And then the rest of it is that we actually see on a biological level, testosterone is just plummeting and sperm count is plummeting. So there's so many things. There's so many things that have been thrown into the mix to screw us, to screw us as a species. Imagine... Imagine that it gets to the point where in, in the next however many, maybe a generation, less than that, we have such a big fertility crisis that just like with all the other rationing that was going on, only certain types of people are able to apply for, for baby help. Only certain types of people are able to apply for it. And then they'll put an order into you in one of those fake wombs facilities that we were reading about before. The 30,000 babies a year. But who gets it? That'd be a great way 
to level out all the races, level out all the, all the racial, you know, with the population. This is eugenics. Eugenics, I mean, end game. I definitely have to, I have to imagine that this is a part of the end game. No doubt about it. I can see that being a... I can, I can see that waiting for us at the end of this shitty rainbow. No doubt about it. 914-595-6953. 914-595-6953. Take a call from Chris in the UK. What's going on, Chris? This is the point of the end game. Let me turn you down. Hey, Frank, how are you? I was... Uh really uh finding your your show tonight's really good you know i'm an i'm an adopted baby or an orphaned baby right mm -hmm. and um i often wonder um if these clone babies in the future will have souls you know if, if they'll have uh be, because i don't see any if they have an artificial conception without that those two spiritual beings being bumped together like you and you know ourselves are with our wives and our girlfriends when we have children we have that soul connection that's not going to happen in these artificial wounds and, and they can't create that right you know that's it that's a really interesting uh theory about it, it's not just the the sperm and the egg uh it's more so about the the, the bumping of of two two spirits that kind of leave a little piece of both spirits behind into this one, this one uh, con the act of conception. But what if you have sperm and egg harvested from two people who love each other, are committed to each other, but have been having problems otherwise? Mm -hmm. uh, what what if you if if it's not through natural conception where all that bumping and grinding is going on? Does that baby then not have a soul? I, well, maybe it's you know the energy or the you know our um, our spirit energy that we create while we're together, and that what it's, it's like putting two crystals together to have a third crystal, mm -hmm. you know. Because I think I, I you know I'm, I think that we're kind of spiritual beings having a human experience, and our time here is very short, you know, compared to eternity. <laughs> and in my world, we have eternal souls, every one of us. Um, that, that just is who we are, you know. Um, but I just also wanted to mention to you, you know, you were talking about syndication and affiliation earlier. And you know, I'm very grateful and, and, and humbled by you allowing me to syndicate your show on our website at the Independent Broadcast Network. I really appreciate that. Thank you. You know, and, and it's people like you that I... I love I love um, I love doing work with because it's it's simple. It's just like okay, well I, I can't I can't syndicate a lot more over here on my end because there's only so much bandwidth. But if you have a website and and you like the show as is and you have no pro, I I'm more than more than happy to to have it living with you on on your project over there, Chris. You want to let everybody know what the what the URL is? Yeah, yeah you can go to um, into into the microcosm. Dot com. That's one way to get to it. Or you can also go uh, independent-broadcasting.com. Independent-broadcasting.com. Well, I, I think yeah, that's also uh, we have people from uh, Costa Rica, Hawaii, Japan, Australia, myself, you. Um, um, and, and it's based out of uh, Jimmy Jean's place in Sa Santa Cruz. 
he's the uh, he's the main character behind the behind the system like um, you are behind quite frankly TV right well I can say one thing Chris and thank thanks uh, number one thanks again for the call and thanks again for the thank you and for the support but number two it's very happy I'm very happy to know that Chris will not be levying any hundred thousand dollar fines if I say anything that he doesn't like over here or if God forbid I take a night off and don't tell him so that's nice that's what I'm talking about. Good, good interaction on new media and and the uh, the doorway really being open. 914-595-6953. 914-595-6953. Would love to get a few more people on. Um, let's see here. The Hearn says there's a Netflix documentary called Our Father, which is about a doctor in Indiana. Yes. Yes, absolutely. That's one of those things. How do you rein that in? Uh, Kayak Dog says, RN, I am convinced that the hormones and drugs that women have to pump into their bodies to conceive this way has a negative impact, but it's a big, big money, big money system. So who is going to look into it? People are so blinded by their desire to have children that they just listen to the experts. So-called experts. Hmm. Okay. Let's take a call from Art. Art from New York and James from El Paso. Keep calling. I would love to have you next. Go ahead, Art. Art? Okay. James from El Paso, you're on now. Hey, Frank. I just wanted to comment on the, like, conservative media, independent media topic. Um, I can see a, a good analogy with Alexander the Great and some of these bigger conservative media outlets. And here it is. Towards the end of his campaign, even after being a brilliant tactician and fighter, leading his men into battle, um, he began to adopt some of the tactics, techniques, and procedures of the enemy that he was fighting. And you see the same thing happening with these conservative outlets. And I kind of noticed this myself in watching them over the years because... Initially, I was actually really drawn to, to uh, you know, Daily Wire, Blaze, some others, Fox. Um, and then, then they started to get kind of bland and dry. Like, you're not really pushing the envelope very much. And, uh, yeah, I just wanted to draw that correlation there. And then, of course, if I had to liken you and a couple of other content creators to anybody, you would obviously be the, uh, you know, Spartans at Thermopylae. Well, about, so. well, and that 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 battle of Thermopylae—that would be—it's uh, probably going to be like that. It's probably going to be like that. You know, the integrity of one person, one person that has a critical mass of people that 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 will listen—that could really block up a um, that could block up a a doorway in a big way. They can they can blockade out gigantic corporate interests. It really, it, it could happen. Yes, I mean, obviously they have other ways of destroying you, as we're seeing it happening, uh, which is always frightening, and uh, it makes makes growth seem like a little bit of a thing that you shy away from because you just want to be able to, to I don't know, go out there and do what you got to do. But this is war. You start realizing that this is war, and it, um, it's frightening. It really is. But, but again, I think when you bring up the Thermopylae type of um that analogy there there there's so much empty calories out in the corporate media world whether they are pretending to be 
progressive and they have to keep rehashing the same old bullshit it'll work this time nonsense and the uh and and the 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 conservative tm trademark conservative groups i i don't know you get good sound bites out of them from time to time but as you said there's something indefinable sometimes that is missing from the whole thing and it it feels like i don't know like a like a, a cheese puff it just crumbles it looks like it, you know it, it just a cheese curl i should say it just crumbles under under the weight of everything and who knows who knows where well, it all I'm glad goes that there's people like you out there you know and, and not just you there's definitely others lots of them but i'm, I'm glad lots. that there's there's people out there that refuse to bend the knee and that will always you know say what they need to say say the truth and aren't afraid of it so thanks for doing what you do and keep it going in thank you james you know i i also think I also think, oh, that's what Crowder had said in the beginning, and it kind of harkens back to something I've said a lot about about the years that we were doing these broadcasts and there not being anybody out there. There not being anybody out there. Crowder says in like the first five minutes of that, that stream that he did that he was told that we, the audience, don't exist. That you, if you really want to focus in on getting into a nice conservative or an, an a non-liberal, little bit more of a traditional American, uh, you know, space, and breaking into new audiences and making this into a career, you you got to stop thinking that you're going to find any semblance of a libertarian, small government, pro-individual youth. You gotta, you gotta get away from it, and that's the big trap. That's the big trap that keeps it sterile. That keeps the 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 left firmly in control of the culture for an extended period of time. And it's what I always said: the 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 thing that I really enjoyed the most about the journey is seeing the opportunity and seeing the change in the landscape. Obviously, we're in bad shape, but there's so many more people to share those concerns with. There's so many more people to prepare with over the next five to 10 years, however long it is. There's so many more people to read the news with and have a conversation with and do these shows and have it be heard. That is something that you saw arrive around 2014, 15, 16. Trump was a big a big part of it. That was definitely a, a huge shot to the arm because, as I like to say, 2018, 2008 was the first election that was decided by social media. First election that was really decided, well, yeah, decided by social media or, or a big influence. No, I should say it was a big influencer. That is when Barack Obama and all that, they started really taking advantage of social media. By 2016, it was the first election where social media was really the thing that won the whole thing. That's when the, the bottom fell out of the bottom fell out of the old news network kind of uh, atmosphere that we grew up with, the Dan Rathers and all of the world. All that stuff went went away, and we just knew it was us versus the intelligence community and all of their little puppets in skirts and suits in New York, Los Angeles, and Washington, D.C. So things changed so quick. It really did. And... And in, in that course of time, I saw, wow, I, 
it was amazing to finally see people arrive and get in front of people and it's like this is always patting myself on the shoulder for not stopping would never have wanted to miss out on this party and um so i understand i understand from a a vulture standpoint which is what Crowder was calling attention to if you're a vulture out there that wants to try to like keep everybody in their respective orbits corner a certain media marketplace to give people the illusion that they're in on something that is cutting edge and and different and rebellious and patriotic but at the same time laying the ground rules down that never really allow you to break through the cement ceiling that's been put over us that, I think, perfectly describes so-called conservative big media networks. Perfectly describes it because there's just some, you get the sound bites, you get, okay, decent, good breakdown, good stuff, you know, good coverage of this particular topic. But by and large, there is just something, something missing. I don't know what it is. It's an intangible. It's just a, maybe it is tangible. I just haven't articulated it yet. It's great to see it all start developing. All right, let's go. 917, you're on the air. Who's this? Uh, hi, this is Pete the Cameraman from New York. How's it going? What's going on, Pete? How you been? <laughs> Doing great. How are you? Oh, I'm just chilling. I'm just chilling. Hey, man. Uh, first and foremost, I just want to tell you straight up, I love your show. Listen to it every single morning, uh, and this is the first time I'm able to get in live. So thank you so much for what you do every single day. It means a lot to us out there, uh, all the Franklies, and uh, I'm just so glad that you can even be able to talk to you tonight. Oh, Pete, well, this is great to have you on. I I, I, I saw from the the area code. I said, okay, we got a we got a semi local over here. So this is a uh, yeah, man. So 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 this is your first time calling in. Uh, what do you what are you doing out there? Well, I'm uh, I'm in that media space with all the major broadcast networks. I've been a cameraman for 28 years, working with everything. So you're talking about an entire industry, Frank, that's crumbling right now. And I'm watching it from the inside out. And it's kind of sad because, uh, you know, in part, uh, it's, it's really put a dent in my pocketbook, right? Because uh, I'm not out there shooting as much because the networks are just not hiring us, right? But it just gives me such a sense of glee to see what you've been able to do and creators like yourself have been able to do out here in this space and and destroy the monopoly on information that these tyrants uh, have had for so many years. It's a death grip on us, you know, Mm. and seeing it, seeing it every day, right? Like watching these people create these stories out of thin air, uh, watching them. Um, twist words. I'm talking major networks, Frank. I've worked with them all, right? It's no one's, no one's not guilty, and it's a horrible thing to see. Uh, but it's also, <laughs> it fills me with glee when I see their numbers tanking every year, and I start thinking about what else I could be doing in my life. If you know what I mean. So, I guess the, the ultimate question is, what, what do you feel like you can be doing to put all your, your talents and your skills to, to use in a, in an industry? That is becoming a little bit more, a lot more decentralized. And, and, and as we said before, 
uh, media would be alive and well if they were churning out for, and this is all a top-down problem obviously the the key grips and the and and the cameramen and the the the, the people in the makeup department it's not their fault that the decisions at the top have made the products of these networks and these newspapers completely unpalatable for the average american so uh so where, where do you, where do you go from there uh, what are you thinking about that well, I'll tell you what, um, a lot of people um, are kind of moving into live streaming events, things like that. They go corporate. I mean, they, these are the these are the entities that do pay, Frank. And, you know, you know, we all have our bills. We all have our stuff. Oh, I, I understand. Um, you know, and, and I also had a podcast for a while. I just recently left. It was a, a, a firefighter centric podcast that a friend of mine had me like hop on and work with and i produced that and directed it for three years uh, but uh, i've moved on since uh, no no hard feelings or anything it was just great being in the space for the time that it was but uh you know i'm, I'm just trying to figure out creatively what i might want to do out there as well and you know it, it's funny that we should be talking about this because my wife just comes to me and she goes oh i just listened to this podcast all about cobalt and how horrible it is and the mining and everything that's going on all the stuff that we know right but she sends it over to her parents. Her parents are in their 70s, right? And these folks had no clue. They're like, well, how come I haven't seen this on the news? I mean, you got to chuckle to yourself. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but I think that we are starting to make a dent, like at least in their lives, right, uh, my wife and I. Uh, but, you know, we're starting to make a dent across the board because once you get a taste for what's true and what's real, and you feel it in your heart and you know it and you see it to be true, the stuff, that wave of garbage that they're throwing at us, you know, the constant nonsense with this, the vaccinations as an example, or, uh, you know, the, the commercials that we're seeing every day, you can't get away from um, every bit that they're trying to sell us, be, you know, the veil becomes thinner and thinner, Frank. That's what it is. And yeah. I'm really glad to see it. I don't care. I don't care about my pocket as much as I do about having a future for my kids to be raised in. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I think I, th I, I think more people are on board with that than you know. And because it's just, as things get more dire, and it's not just an inconvenient, I don't know, a little little blip. We're talking about civilization-threatening themes right now. And when it comes down to life and death, there are a lot of things that mean less and less. It's just, you know, if you, is your house on fire? What are you grabbing on the way out? You're grabbing your children and maybe the family dog. And if you can't get to the dog, as long as you can get to the children, Fido's got to have to go. And that's just it. You're not thinking about your laptop. You're not thinking about your cell phone. You just you run out of the house naked in the snow because at least you have your life. And that is what I think for, I think as a macrocosm, we're fighting for our our life as a as a civilization right now and who knows what kind of what kind of minefield we're going to have to continue to walk through but it's good to know that people like you are out there pete and thanks for the call thank you frank love you buddy all right take care be good there's a local oh here's another guy that used to be a local it's king 40 what's going on man Oh my God! What is it? fucking dark night on the oh, fucking call? Come on, come on! We're talking about very important things. You are talking about very important things, but what a bunch of dorks that just drone on and on. <laughs> but I got some healthcare stuff over here to talk about. Okay. Um, are you feeling all right? Yeah. So, 
No, he's no, uh, just my eye doctor, right? Okay. So, I, yeah, I just went to update my prescription the other day. Now, here's a problem of something that's going on, right? So, like, I was looking for, like, a doctor, right? But I want, like, one of us. You know what I'm talking about? A guinea. I'm talking about, like, me. Yeah. 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 That's what I want. That's what I want. You know? And they, these very, uh, like, uh, us guinea. There's others that claim to be us, but that's story for another day. Yeah, we, yeah, we so have to, we have to talk it, about that. Yeah, we do have to talk about that because there's people that claim us is, I don't care what your last name is, it don't make you one of us, but that's beside the point. Right. So I find this guy, I'm not going to say the name, you know the name, because we're personal friends for a long time, and I see this eye doctor, clearly a Ginzo name. I'm not, gonna, I'm not the kind of guy that would dox somebody scumbag like that. So I don't want to put the guy's name out there so people start harassing him. Well, I kind of do, but I won't. But you know, you know the name, right? Yes. I told you it, right? Yeah. And if you heard that name, you'd be like, oh, Ginzo, right? Ginzo, definitely. So, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, this is my guy. So the first day I go in there for my appointment, I go in. A fucking Chinaman. He's a fucking Chinaman. How does a Chinaman have a Ginzo last name? I just don't know. I don't know. So I, this is what I'm talking about, right? So I'm for years, and this was like I want to say six, about six, seven years ago, and I never said nothing because I know how sneaky them people can be. But for years I've been wanting to ask him, you know, what the fuck. So just the other day I went in. And I'm like, fuck this guy. I don't care. I'm going to change doctors anyway. I got to know. So I'm sitting in a chair there, and I says, hey, you, your name. I says, you're one of us, huh? And he goes, excuse me? I says, you don't look like one of us. He goes, I don't understand. I says, well, papa. I says, that's an Italian name. He goes, he is very hostile towards me. He goes, no, it's not. I said, yeah, it is. No, it's not. I says, pal, you're not going to tell me what an Italian name is. That's an Italian name. No, it's not. I'm like, what are you getting so angry for? I said, you're saying this like being Italian is a bad thing. I'm Italian. I'm like, what's your problem? And he says, this is his dumb China commie response. We are all one. And I said, no the fuck we ain't. What does that mean, though? I said, I ain't one. I mean, the real thing. I don't know. Is that, that's, is that, that is, well, I, were you this aggressive with him? Did he feel like he was getting shaked down or something like that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. well, that, well right. he, he might. Well, this, I'm gonna be me. I'm not gonna be like. I'm not gonna be like your last caller and be like, "Hey, pal, can I ask you a question, please?" Yeah, but but wait a second. But to approach him this aggressively when he didn't ha- he didn't like scam you or anything, but you were curious about his last name. Uh, he scammed me by using one of our names, and he's a Chinaman. So oh, so the only reason why you you so so if if he if a Chinaman walked through the door and you were expecting a Ginzo, uh, you know, then then. 
that you should have just got up right there and said, no, 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 I'm leaving. I thought you were Italian. Well, but here's the thing. Did he, did Where he admit- I live, I don't have a lot of options. If I go to the next one, it's another one of them. But, but wait a second. But, but You know, if I leave his office, then I go to Bruce Lee's office. Then it's Jackie Chan. Then it's Jet Li. And, you know, I don't have a lot of options. You know, I leave one Chinaman for another. Did he give you a good... Did, did he give but at you, least them Chinamen ain't... Did he give you good care? Off John Gotti. Did he give you good care, though? I don't know. He could have been fucking up my glasses all these years. Oh, you've been... You, wait, 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 wait. Wait, all these years? How long have you been going to him? Like six, seven years. Wait a second. And when did this happen? So so you left him just recently? Yeah, this was like a couple of days ago. I thought that this was like you, you saw him in the, in the in the classified section like a couple of months ago, and then you... you no, 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 no. You kept no, him around for seven... When I got, this is when I started going blind, and I'm like, I need an eye doctor, and I'm scanning through the like doctors that will take my insurance. And when I saw that name, of course, it pops out at me. I can't believe that this. You've been going to him for seven years, and this is just coming yeah. up. This is just coming up right now. Well, I always wanted to ask him, but like you know, people think I don't got manners, but I do sometimes. And but I'm always like, I gotta ask this fucking chink. What's your deal? So who's the who's the new guy? I don't have a new guy. I ain't gone to him yet. I'm like, uh, after this like exchange between me and him, I'm like, oh, I definitely gotta find somebody new now because they just fucked the guy up. <laughs> Sick. Well, keep us in the keep us in the loop, King. I want to know who the new guy is because if you end up with another Chinaman, that's just gonna be funny. But thanks for the call, buddy. All right, man. All right. See you later. Seven years. I thought for sure you was going to say, so I go there last week. I went there because I thought he was one of us. I walked through the door, and all of a sudden, it's a man from Asia. And I call him out on it, like, right there. What's this last name? Now, of course, there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, you know, not for nothing. And I hope you don't take this the wrong way. But... Your last name sounded Italian. I wasn't expecting to see uh, to see you here because, of course, you know you're of Asian descent. Who was it? Your father? Was it a mother? Were you adopted? I'd, I'd like to know how that happened. I, I would be able to ask a question like that diplomatically. King, of course, is a little bit more ham-fisted about things. <laughs> He's a little more ham-fisted, but um, the the fact that this wasn't last week and that he was. He was getting his glasses adjusted for seven years. That's just hilarious. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, I have some uh, I have some business to attend to with the band. I'd love to get more of your opinions on fertility, big fertility. I'd love to get more of your opinions on new media and all that. And you can send them to me at quite frankly podcast at gmail.com. Tomorrow night we're gonna have a great show with Steve and Jonathan about education in the apocalypse. Going to open up with some Leo Zagami stuff, and then we'll have plenty of time for more calls and super chats in the second half, too. So, the good times keep rolling, and I got to go to band practice, so I will talk to you soon. There's a couple of things that we're going to be working on, a couple of really good ideas. I love the feeling of a couple of these ideas. Ooh, boy. Ooh, boy. Over there on Foxhole, Sean Joe, thank you. Rook Castle said, how about reparations for America? That'd be something.
Uh, let's see here. Uh, and then uh, again, it says, soon you'll be a hero to reduce your net zero carbon footprint. Suicide will be applauded. Well, they're already doing that in Canada. And there you have it. Oh, one last one here. You, you are the glitch in the matrix. It's crumbling. Well, I'd like to be a part of that. I'd be. I'd like to be a part of that crumble. It sounds very nice. Couple of, but we'll be. We'll be back tomorrow with more. I want to th- thank Moving Eye on Rumble. Rumble rant from Moving Eyes says, "Following your advice, just supporting media that I like. Thanks, thank you, and I'm going to thank you on behalf of all the other media that you find along the way. But I would always love to have you guys hanging out with me Monday through Friday at seven o'clock. I work. That's why I don't take nights off." That's why it's very hard for me to take nights off. Very hard. Um, you work so hard for Monday to Friday, 7 o'clock being your thing. I don't want to let you down. And uh, Marcus Fedler on quitefranklysuperchat.com says, What could you do with $1 billion? Consider that expense to just the Federal Reserve leverage debt. It's a fraction of a percentage. These actions regarding confirmation of conspiracies are loss leaders and cost of doing business. It's a lot. Yeah, it's a fraction. It's a fraction. All right. Uh, What else we got here? I think that's uh, Sean Haig. That's from last night with uh, Chat GPT. It came in after the show was done. I'll I'll get to those tomorrow because it's a three-step, a three-part, uh, three-part thing, and it might fit in good with our education conversation. So, there you have that. All right, thanks for everything, ladies and gentlemen. I will see you tomorrow. And as for tonight, stay well, stay comfy, cozy, and maybe my cameras will will cooperate in the morrow. Nighty night. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is film in front of a live studio audience. And now, our super chatter, starting with Marcus Fedler, Sean Haig, Silky Johnson, and more. Thank you to everybody on Rumble. Thank you to everybody on Foxhole. Tomorrow, I'll be here at 7 o'clock, ready to do the deed. Good night.